Guys, it's back. The moment everyone's been waiting for. Kind of a homecoming of sorts. Our one and only Eric Miner is back joining us today. Hey, hey. I'm going to read Eric's bio really How's quickly. Going, Connor? <laughs> yeah. Eric, no, 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 no. You get to give, give a little speech, so I get to give a bio on you. Uh, Eric is a specialist in lots of different things, from the New York Yankees to <laughs> uh, biomedical engineering. There you go. Throwing something you actually are yes. good at. Yep. And in between, he also likes to talk Game of Thrones, Star Wars, and a lot of other stuff with Connor. So, uh, No, for real. Thanks for joining me, buddy. Hey, you know, I'll pass the time. <laughs> Happy to be back. So you got Garrett Cole now as a Yankee. Congratulations. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I contributed a lot to that uh, 300 plus million. So, you know. You're like the 10 Yankees games I've been to in my life clearly helped uh, pay for that. But yes, hey, absolutely. Good. A good game or a good game. Good uh, pickup for you. And then at the same time, we had a good week this week in the Star Wars universe. So. Eric's actually doing episode six, Mandalorian, with us today, uh, as you probably noticed on the title. Eric, a lot to talk about. We've been wanting to do a podcast for a while. We couldn't figure out which one to do, and we got really lucky, because this week we were like, hey, why don't we do the Mandalorian episode, and it turned out it was an awesome Mandalorian episode. Oh, it was great, and thankfully, it's gotten a little longer. I appreciate the shorter episodes, because you can watch them quickly, but come on, when you got hard-hitting content, you need more Baby Yoda and you want a little action from The Mandalorian, it's great. Longer episode, some fun characters, and actually a lot of good action. Kind of tough for us, because there's only two episodes left, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, we're down to two left, but this episode was just fun, and I think they're they're trying to test the show out. No, actually, I'll pause. We'll get to that towards the end. For now, though, uh, we're just ready to jump right on in, kind of do a lot of Baby Yoda talk. Um, my favorite Baby Yoda meme of the week, though, before we get started, was I actually just sent it to Eric. So it's uh, Jesus holding the lamb, right? And it says a rare photo of Jesus with our Lord and Savior, and it's Jesus and the lamb's photoshopped out, and little Baby Yoda's being there, held there. <laughs> in Yoda, we trust. Dude, baby Yoda honestly has brought the world together in a way that no one else envisioned. Especially for all those, oh my goodness, it's crazy. It's, uh, if no one, if you have not listened to this, and Connor has not already told you, go on The Ringer and listen, especially you Hamilton It is funny. There. It's very funny. Listen to it. They do a mashup of uh, a Hamilton song and uh, insert Baby Yoda into the mix. It's great. You'll listen to it about ten times. You'll get tired of it. And then you listen to it the next day. It's like Adele's Hello. You know, I listened to it at least Uh 20 times the first night. I was like, wow, this is incredible. Stop listening to it. And then every time I heard it thereafter for about, you know, six years, whatever we're at now, (laughs) four years, listen to it every time. So I think we just kind of want to jump on in here, Eric. Um, I got nothing else to pitch except for our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram page. So follow us on all three platforms. Uh, What else? Uh, Oh, Offscript Online. We're uh, actually doing well. We got a lot of different articles up. Brendan's doing a great job of writing on those. So, by the way, Eric, I'm working now with some search engine optimization stuff, and I made a mistake. Those that Theon article you wrote, we definitely could have gotten that crap on BuzzFeed. That was on me. <laughs> That's okay. Next time. Next time. 
<laughs> Good article. Uh, so, Eric, let's just pause here for um, our sponsorship reads. Um, actually, if you'd be interested. So why don't you uh, just donate some cash to us? We can, any type of sponsorship you're looking for, we got you covered. That's right. That's right. Well, fresh off, not buying a house. So, you know, down payment's got to go for something. <laughs> you're like, Connor, this does seem like a good investment. Here's 10 grand. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Uh, let's get going on Mandalorian episode six, The Prisoner. All right, Eric, so we have a lot of new characters in this episode. A lot to kind of break down, I think. Uh, overall, what were your initial thoughts with the episode? Initial thoughts were, I've been waiting to see what will be the overall grand direction of The Mandalorian. And... It kind of seems like just more of we're just, as he's drifting through space with Baby Yoda, we're kind of just drifting, sort of, and figuring out what Baby Yoda and he are going to do. Um, And this is kind of another standalone-seeming little signet in the grand series, but it was great. I loved the episode. I loved, uh, I like how it's another episode of bringing in old characters that uh, don't like Mando for some reason, and... (laughs) want to just want to double cross him it makes you wonder what he's done in his past his past life uh but it was great the the i think the the new characters give uh they bring out different sides of mando and they uh they help to bring out new information from him so it's a very entertaining episode definitely and we learn a little bit more about his past not a lot but we get a little snippet um but overall yeah i i'm in the same boat where it's kind of tough because you want more content, you want longer episodes, I want more of a narrative arc, but the episode ended and um, I looked at, me and my cousin were watching and Nathaniel was like, that was a really good episode. I was like, yeah, that was really fun. I can't ask for anything else. So with that in mind, we do have some a few things just to cover today. So uh, Eric, we actually were talking, we have a lot of different characters in this episode. Why don't you just go down a little list here and that, that, that way if people are like, hey, I feel like I recognize them. It makes sense, and also uh, we learn a little bit more about their background. So you just want to start? Absolutely. So all in total, there's really 12 characters in this, but we'll take away the three. We'll take away the three, three X-Wing pilots at the end, or more or less directors, and we'll take out Mando and Baby Yoda, and there's uh, about seven kind of new characters uh, who you may have seen before or maybe not. Uh, I'll give a couple, but the first guy we meet, Ran, is uh, uh, or Ranzar Malk. That's how you say it. He's uh, actually it's Mark Boone Jr. is the actor, and you may recognize it from Sons of Anarchy, and also That Man Begins. That's so. I was kept looking at him, and I was like, I know this guy is in something. I can't remember, and he's the really crappy detective that partners with Gordon and Batman Begins. I was like, oh, he's the one that Batman dangles upside down for the first time. And he's like, where is she? You know? So, per- perfected it with him. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was nice. It was actually kind of nice seeing him because he looks like a complete scumbag. Is that picking yeah. on him too much? He's like the, uh, he's, he, he's the kind of guy that started off maybe as, uh, from 
with as, maybe as like a mechanic or something back in the day, got some shady deals, and somehow has a lot of properties and money. But you still wonder how'd you get it? Yeah, I would have to agree completely. Um, so, but all right, uh, yeah. who's our next guy up? So we'll just all uh, tackle the the next really four uh, people all together. The the okay. cast that he's tasked uh, Mando with working with. Uh, you know, we've got first one I'd say would be Mayfield, uh, who's played by the comedian Bill Burr, and he's a former Imperial sharpshooter uh, who's very touchy about making sure people know he was a sharpshooter, not just a stormtrooper. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, then I'll just give one of the others uh, being, uh, well, I'll skip over one guy and go to Zero, the pilot, who's uh, hilarious because for those of you guys who've ever seen the IT crowd, it's a hilarious, he's Moss. He's a hilarious character from a British uh, slapstick uh, show. Anyway, the, the droid's very funny, and he helps round out the team. Yep, very funny. Uh, we'll talk about um, what's in Berg in a second. Uh, so, okay. actually, yeah, no, we'll jump into that in just a second here. So, we've got... Uh, we want to actually do this a little bit different than how we normally focus on them. So today's episode, we're going to focus on three different scenes that we liked a lot. This basically was a heist episode. So it's all going to basically go hand in hand together. Okay. Um, so Eric, first scene that we really liked uh, was the one where everybody's on the ship together for the first time. And it's... We have actually a, some interesting info from Zero, not in that scene in particular, a little bit before that, but I don't care. I know you don't care. Let's talk about that scene with Zero and the Carl Weathers, um, what's his name, uh, Grief Cargo. Talk about that yeah. for a second. <laughs> yeah. Zero's funny because we know and we've seen through the show that Mando hates droids, that something happened back in the day that means he, he doesn't trust them. He doesn't want, uh, you know, he hasn't wanted droids previously working on a ship. So you can only imagine that he, one, he must be really, he, there must be some reason why he took well, this job. I was wondering, quick question for you on this. Do you think there's any chance it's because that battle droid is aiming down at him when we see him as a kid? Do you think that's why he's so uh, anti droid? Probably. I'm sure there were droids. Uh, it, it's usually in these shows, there's usually something from childhood that these uh, that these characters like hold, hold deep with them. I'm sure there was a droid that killed one of his family members or something. And that's my thought. But uh, it's interesting. It's interesting that he's he's gotten all this money, supposedly, from these jobs. And he hates droids, and yet he willingly lets himself have or let his plane be piloted by a droid for this job he doesn't need. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I don't disagree. It's kind of weird. Yeah. And so it it sets a really interesting stage for when Zero is exploring his ship, uh, calling it a piece of garbage, and finding things like this hidden message from from Karga uh, that we wonder, is this new or is this an old message? Yeah, I, you know, we're led to believe clearly that's an old message, right? It's the one he heard. But, man, it kind of sucks that we didn't get a lot 
we didn't get more there, right? It would have been uh-huh. cool if it was, hey, he passes that information along to someone else. Because uh, you know, right now, the show just kind of feels like it's a little stagnating um, narrative-wise. But we do get some cool action sequences, so we aren't that upset. Um, but yeah, man. So uh, Zero is interesting there. I Actually, my favorite part about that was when they... Uh, so in the actual ship, they're talking, and then they ask him about his helmet. And I love when Bill Burr is like, not a Gungan under there, are you? <laughs> He, oh my goodness. What's his? I can't remember the exact line, but he's basically like, "Misa, don't want to show you." Yeah, <laughs> Misa, don't want to show your face. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Uh, but yeah, then we get a scene where actually Berg, so who's played by Clancy Brown, Clancy Brown, you know him because he's in everything. And that, yes, that's the only way I can describe it. He is actually a voice on one of the Star Wars Rebel shows. Um, he's a voice actor there. He was in Lost for a period. Um, he is Mr. Krabs in the SpongeBob movie. He is... Uh, there's one more I, I draw a blank. I, there's something else I had earlier. It doesn't matter. He plays Berg yeah. in The Mandalorian. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, the and guy's voice is... And sick. he played in Shawshank Redemption. That's Sadly. it. Thank you. He's the main captain. So, boom. Clancy Brown, like... Awesome actor. You never really know his name, but you definitely know his face. So, either way, we've got now. Uh, so we've got uh, Berg there, who's kind of talking trash to him. We have Shion, who is a knife assassin. Yeah, she's wild. She's uh, one of the comes from the same species as the the, the Jedi Ala Sakura, who you might remember from. Uh, from Attack of the Clones, just, you know, the prequels. Revenge of the Sith, um, where she got she gets killed. She's the blue uh, creature yeah. that gets killed in the mm-hmm. forest, yep. yeah. Yeah, or if uh, those of y'all who played Star Wars Battlefront 2 back in the day. Yes, real Star Wars Battlefront 2, not the fake one. Yes. Carson uh, loved playing with her because she had two lightsabers. Of course. I mean, everyone. Don't not better. Too. I mean, yeah, so. Um, yeah, she's part of that, uh, the, uh, was it the, the Twi'lek the, the race. And, yeah. and they uh, mentioned Twi'leks anyway. earlier in the show. So Grief Karga says uh, to Mandalor- the Mandalorian, he's like, why don't we go down to the Twi'lek baths? Mm. So, um, I think that's kind of like a, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but that might be like an Asian massage parlor. So, Any- mm. anyway. I've never been to a massage parlor, so uh, <laughs> I'll leave that for somebody else to find. <laughs> you know, they're everywhere here in LA. I haven't tried them yet. Don't think I need to. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So let's uh, look at. Let's look. I guess now, when in the actual scene itself, we get Mando, who is very defensive. You can tell he does not want to be here. He doesn't want to use his ship. He just needs some money. Eric pointed out rightly earlier with me that uh, Mando, not a great finance guy, spent all of his Beskar on armor and uh, forgot to save some of it just to buy food. So thank you for that, Eric. Maybe you could be a financial well, planner. Know. Yeah, right. I tell you, if there's somebody who needs to learn how to budget appropriately and save for his financial future, it might be Mando. <laughs> That's good. I like it. Uh, either way, we get him being defensive. He doesn't want to be here. And they're all just kind of attacking him. Like, what's what's under the mask? What's on your, like, show us your face. Why are you so nervous? Where are you going to be, right? Why do we even need a Mandalorian? Yeah, and this feels like a massive invasion of privacy, by the way. All of it. 
You've got these foreigners on your ship. You don't want them there. We have one guy going through the weapons compartment. He shuts the door on that. And then he reaches for the Baby Yoda door. And Mando straight up knocks his hand away. And it plays as if I don't want you going in my stuff. But we, you know, as the audience, you know, oh, that's not good. Uh, and then in a little squall, you know, a little quarrel, there you go, breaks out. They get in a little bit of a fight. And then um, the buttons hit anyway. And Baby Yoda pops out. And cute as ever. Oh, my gosh. I wish there was a plush Baby Yoda toy right now. I'd buy it for everybody. Merry oh, Christmas. Sure there is. There is Amazon. I'm sure there's one out there. There isn't yet. They didn't develop merch in time. Yeah, April 1st is when all this merch is dropping. I'm like, by that point, I don't want a Baby Yoda. I want it now. We're about to get some third-party Baby Yoda stuff coming out. (laughs) It's like Nathaniel's Kyle Guy uh, UVA jersey. Yeah. (laughs) Shipped and manufactured in Chinese Factory B. Um, But great episode moment for Baby Yoda because now Mando is very defensive. He doesn't want them to know who he is because if they know, they're definitely going to just take him back and probably get really rich because of it. But at the same time, right, what has to be worrying for him is he's got all these assassins now with this little child. That's scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And never mind, we didn't even see in this episode the fact that you know there's still... There's still trackers out on Baby Yoda. Yes, that's so true. I mean, can you imagine if there was, uh, if some trackers, side note, imagine if some trackers had come to that New Republic uh, prison, basically, while they were there. Eric, maybe we should start writing Star Wars stories. That'd be sick. (laughs) I know. That would not have gone with the story at all for this episode, but... That would, would have been a wrinkle. A bit. Would have been a wrinkle. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Would have been another human in play besides just that pilot <sighs> left on a prisoner ship of droids. For reals. For rizzle. All right, dude. Um, next. You just want to jump into the next scene? Yes. Cool. So uh, the next scene that we thought was kind of interesting focuses in on them talking again when they're on that uh, the New Republic ship. And they've just – they've – Man has been told that it's just a ship of all droids. So he says, okay, we can take him down. That's fine. We and see him. Out, he, he pulls some good maneuvers on those first set of droids. does. Yeah. It takes him a little longer than you think. You yeah. wonder, are you really a good warrior? But he does. And uh, yeah, then they get to the control room and then they see, uh, see the pilot there. Yeah, interesting sequence. Uh, you actually, you want to give a little bit of background on who the pilot actually is. Yeah, so the pilot is uh, the, the actor's name of it is Matt Lanter, and it's uh, interesting because he plays Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars animated series. Really cool. So he's so he like a lot of these people, he's no stranger to the the Star Wars universe. Yeah, so really cool moment here where we actually see a bit of the uh, take the red pill, take the blue pill, right? Um, from for his perspective, and he's outnumbered, outgunned. But then Mando basically is like, "We don't want. We aren't here to kill anybody." And he has a. It's a strange belief, I think, for him, where it's, "I'm not going to kill anyone that hasn't done anything wrong." You know, we see him kill all the pirates in the very first episode, so he has no qualms with actually killing anybody, right? No issues. 
But this episode, we do get that moment where he's very much like, no, 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 no. Like, this is a normal guy literally just doing his job. I, like, we shouldn't kill him. And he starts pulling, he does the old Western on him, where everyone's got a gun pointed at everybody else. And then Sheon, who uh, Nathaniel called her Harley Quinn. And I thought that was pretty, pretty spot on. And her brother's name is Quinn, so I thought that was even funnier. But throws the knife and ends up killing him. However, what did what about that scene did we like? But more importantly, actually, who am I kidding? We like the scene because it's it's interesting. But what does that tell us about Man- Mando's actual character and about what he values? It adds a whole wrinkle to Mando that I don't think we really knew was there. Because you could say he's he's a bounty hunter. He has no qualms with taking whomever prisoner. You know, prisoning them in the, you know, Carbonite, he's had some, you can tell he's had a spotty history. Um, and then, but you wonder, I think now this, once he decided to, you know, to have a conscience or resurrect his conscience and steal back baby Yoda and start to become the pseudo parents, I think we've kind of, we were left to wonder, well, does he just value baby Yoda or is he actually care and have a soul and a conscience and i think this points towards the latter of where you know whether he always was or always is you know has been a good guy like he does have at least some sense of moral code of like you said i'll attack the criminals but i don't if i don't need to kill unnecessarily why do it uh like he's trying to be batman and not kill people yeah yeah that's that's very funny. I mean, he actually has a Batman moment later on in the uh, movie, and later on in the episode, which uh, we'll get to in a bit. But, yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. And that kind of solves a weird dilemma for us as an audience where it's, okay, what kind of person is he? So the Mandalorians, all we know about them before this is essentially that Jango Fett was a Mandalorian who then just got to hang out on Kamino and use his DNA it's a lot, a lot of DNA to produce a million clones, by the way. That's all I'm going to say. And then we get Boba Fett. So other than those two characters, we actually aren't really exposed to a lot of Mandalorians unless you're in the Star Wars universe in terms of like Knights of the Old Republic, Clone Wars, where you know we get a lot more uh, Mandalorian characters. And they, you, you learn more about their history. Either way. With his dilemma, it's just very interesting because he does not want – like he's very much like, yeah, I, I don't want to be with like, – I, I don't want to be with people that are going to do the wrong thing. Um, and that's why it seems like all these other characters are drawn to him. So let's take episode four. Uh, Cara Dune, she is the shock trooper from the Rebellion. Um, she's actually drawn to him even though they fight and in a weird way where it's, hey, let's go work together. Uh, the guy, uh, the whole village, right? They don't seem afraid of him. They just know you're a big warrior. You're like you're a great warrior, and I think it's also because he's got this baby with him. Uh, so a lot of, a lot of I guess ideas and conflicting nature for him because it's I'm a Mandalorian. I'm supposed to be a warrior. It's like actually you you don't have to be, and he's trying to show that. And I thought that was an interesting dilemma he ran into, and unfortunately for uh, for him, I mean it all ends up with the guy dying, but he pushes the button. So the Republic ship is coming no matter what, and they have 20 minutes. Um, really, really 
enjoyed that moment, actually. That was really cool. I thought that was fascinating. So. Oh, yeah. Very clever. And I think also, well, if nothing else, he could say, well, it's, uh, it's not my problem. Like, he doesn't want to, do, to pull the trigger, but he's okay if the trigger's already been pulled and he puts the gun in somebody else's hands. Kind of, yeah. Very much so. Um, all right, so last scene uh, we want to focus on here is when he gets – so he gets – basically the whole thing is a swap. So they're going to steal a ship. So and, – and because – and correct me if I'm wrong, but I just want to make sure. Quinn is the other um, – what's the race again? Uh, the uh, Twi'lek. Twi'lek, thank you. Quinn is the brother Twi'lek of Shion, and he gets – basically he says, I'm in here because Mando put me in here, and we, we have no real background there. But they basically put Mando in, get Quinn out, and Mando yeah. becomes highly resourceful Batman-like over the next 10 minutes. What about yeah. – like, It's incredible. <laughs> when he shoots the droid, gets – rips the arm off, right, and then uses that to break out, I was like – Okay. All right. I can do that. Either way, I do want to ask you, uh, we get the scenes of him taking down all of the people. Which was your favorite? Oh, man. I loved when he's... I think I just liked when he when he was taking down Mayfield because you just get... It's like the sort of like stop motion kind of thing. Like, I love the cinematography of that. Yep. And like, because... You know, after Bird, he only just barely escapes. Like, he's lucky to be alive after that. He's lucky there was a second door. Uh, he somehow barely, somehow he had a lot of trouble with uh, with Shion, and she actually fought better than him. He just has armor, and she doesn't. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a weird approach from him, right? Yeah, it was strange. Yeah. But, like, it maybe. I don't know, the personal history got into his execution. But when he takes down Mayfield, oh my gosh, he's just G. Like, Mayfield sees him, and then he's like, where did he go? And then he's there, and then gone, and there, and gone, and there, and gone. It's like a horror movie. Yeah, and then he turns around. It reminds me um, very much, I mean, Batman's the only way I can describe it. It feels like where you see Batman, you're like, yes. oh, and then the lights go out, and then he pops up a little bit closer, and you're like, oh, man, this is sick. And then I love when Mayfield yes. turns around. Yes. And Mando's right behind him like, all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. It's chess, yes. not checkers. Um, sick. Really sick scene. Yes. And I love how they cut the lights out. He cuts the power. Really cool oh, yeah. move. Where it's basically, all right, now it's I'm going to pick you off one by one. Um, all right. Let's take a look at – he puts all of them in prison so we know they're coming back. We know these guys will be back around. What did you think? And you know it's yeah. going to – yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's going to be soon, too, because they're on a ship with no other life forms and there's no food and water. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a prison. They're, they'll figure something out. But I yeah. don't know if they'll be – well, actually, I don't know. Because the thing about the Republic cruiser, they're going to see that, that beeper went off, right? And then they it's a tracker. So then they're probably like, hmm, what's going on? The ship came there and then the X-Wings went to where the tracker and followed that. Um. And we, we need a little more internal logic behind that tracker because they basically, if their own guy is still alive, they just blew him up. Um, yeah. Do you notice that? Because I did. 
Well, the fact that the New Republic, the fact that it was like, okay, at first it was thought as like, is this just like a baby monitor? Like, okay, or like a life alert. Okay, sure. But instead, it's, it seems more of an, a, oh, if this button is pushed, it's like a kamikaze button. Yeah, like they're coming to blow us. And I was like, ooh, blow us up. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, mm, that seems a little uh, quick, you know, not much. You can't really call that judicial process. <laughs> yeah, very true. No due process, nothing there. <laughs> Eric, yeah. thank you. Democracy, democracy dies in the dark, according to the Washington Post. But with you on the case, man, I don't think it will. Don't think so. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, buddy. All right, so uh, next... I want to, I guess, approach now because that's kind of how the scene ends. He basically arrests all of them, puts, you know, goes back with Quinn. I, I will ask you: Were you surprised that he went back with Quinn? I was. I was kind of amazed that he was able to get. I really want to know how he managed to take him prisoner and keep him as a prisoner. He had I no mean, handcuffs, by the way. I don't. That's my only beef. I think. Right? Is if he straight up slaps handcuffs on him. That uh, kind of makes sense. I can get behind that. But Quinn's just writing it out. Now, unless Quinn knows, and he's like, yeah, I know that they're going to send a ship after him and kill him, so it doesn't matter. Right? That's what it seems like. That seems like it was his plan B. Yeah. Is, and then I mean, he just got outwitted at the end. Yeah. Because killing him, it's like, well, I mean, I don't know. Like, you could kill him when he's on the ship. That's what I guess I don't... Yeah. Know what I thought he was going to do, and... It makes a little more sense, I guess, with the show itself. I thought Quinn was going to go on there and try to do something, and he's going to shove Quinn in the uh, carbon freeze. Yeah, because that would have made more sense into how he actually keeps him prisoner. But and then basically they he like drops him off, and they're like, "Whoa, what did you do?" And he's like, "Carbon frozen type thing." And then the guy like melts him, right? Yeah. And it's him like breathing heavy, and like in his hand is literally the like the tracker. And it's like, oh no. But either way, doesn't matter. We got we got some cool moments there. Uh, so let's kind of approach now uh, the second half of our episode. I want to, I guess, talk a little bit about Baby Yoda because we haven't talked about him a lot. What was Baby Yoda up to and what did you get from this episode with him? We only got a few, a few quick, few quick scenes, but they were impactful. I mean, all we got was the sense that he, uh, you know, he's, Mando's clearly trying to hide him the whole episode, and so we only see him when he, uh, as you said earlier, he re- he appears, and uh, you know, and uh, Bill Burr uh, with Mayfield when he says, "Oh, is this your kid?" As if to imply, "Y'all, a kid, kid's hideous. What'd you do?" Yeah, that's pretty funny. Actually, I thought that was good. <laughs> pretty hilarious. Uh, well, we see that, but it's it was funny because. We had, you know, him and Zero basically just in this game of, uh, you know, hide and seek. Yeah. Really kind of slow moving Zero, by the way. But I like how Baby Yoda is able to avoid. So he moves away, right? He's smart enough to stay away from him and go and hide. Um, and then you asked a good question. Can he tell, even if it's a droid, because droids are somewhat sentient in this universe, right? Um can you tell who's good, who's bad, and who to trust, who not to trust? It's a good question. 
you have to you have to assume that he can because he senses that Mando has somehow got enough good in him that, well, from a self-preservation point of view, it won't kill him. Uh, he can, yeah, he can tell what, like, with the kids that he had in that village, like, he loved the children, he, he can, somehow he can, he must be able to tell who is, quote, good and, quote, you know, quote, bad from our point of view. Uh, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. <laughs> I have the high ground out of yeah. Palpatine is evil, you moron. Yeah, anyway. Look, Baby Yoda's got more force sensibility than Anakin. But well, I don't anyway. know if he has more force sensibility, but he has more just regular sensibility. Well, yes, yes. As a, as you put, as a fifty-year-old in our version, he would be a, a four, a four-year-old. Yeah, like, uh, like you figured out. So at age four, he can figure out. In all fairness, Carson's going to listen to this and be mad at me. Bad. So Carson yeah, but, actually uh, figured it out, not me. I want to make that abundantly clear. Carson, I give you full credit. I'm not stealing your idea. We'll give Carson credit for that. I have to because he's going to listen and be like, um, hey, quick question. I uh, was listening to your podcast and funny idea you came up with. <laughs> uh, Carson, you know we don't do math on this show. <laughs> Eric has never done math a day in his life. Never. One time, real quick aside – Guys, Eric uh, was doing homework one time at a basketball game. So welcome to UVA. Uh, I was before the game started. He had brought his homework with him, was sitting there doing it. And I was like, what are you working on? I see a bunch of letters thrown around. And it's literally like an equation for like how fast blood travels from the atrium. And I was like, huh. Well, that is some high level stuff because I don't see one number in here at all. And Eric's like, yeah, no, no not really. <laughs> so yeah, you know when math goes from numbers to all letters, it's uh, it's time to tap out. Eric's like, that's my last. That was my last math class, Connor. Yeah. Calculus yep. seven. <laughs> Either way, uh, no, but bringing back Baby Yoda in this, Baby Yoda also has probably the funniest moment of the episode. So after he plays hide and seek and he avoids them. By the way, Baby Yoda very smart, but he pushes the button, dude. You don't let the door close on you. It's so loud. Everyone can hear you. Come on, bye. Be better. But we get the moment where uh, Zero opens the the hatch. Baby Yoda's standing there, cute as a biscuit. And Zero goes and starts aiming at him. Again, another aim at Baby Yoda. Ridiculous. And Baby Yoda then tries to use the Force, we assume. And I love the scene where he uses the Force. And I was like, whoa, what did he do? Did he destroy him? And then he looks down at his hand... Like, whoa, what did I do? <laughs> and then Zero falls down and the, uh, Mando's right behind him. Awesome. Gosh. It's like the commercial where you have the, the kid that's dressed up like Darth Vader and he's hovering his hand over the car and he's trying to use the force and then he makes the car start and the kid jumps back like, oh, what did I do? And you see the dad inside with her remote. <laughs> It was really cute, really precious, and uh, yeah, there's your Baby Yoda update. So Baby Yoda didn't do a lot this episode except for take a little nap. He got woken up apparently by a bunch of bad bounty hunters. Also, Mando needs to give him some more hugs and snuggles, you know? Just like, Mando needs to be like, hey, come here, buddy. Like, it's all right. We'll protect you. You're safe now. I'm not going to let any 
scumbags on here again for a while. You're good. So, uh, so Baby Yoda update is over. Now we get our final segment. Eric, would you like to get going on that? Yeah, so the last thing that we're looking at, obviously this is part of the bigger Star Wars universe. So naturally, we want to know, how did this add to the overall universe? Uh, we know Disney came and said, we're making new canon. Well, how did they add to new canon? Disney, man, I'm about to do a Force Awakens pod tomorrow. I'm going to record it. So we're doing this on Saturday. I'm going to do a Force Awakens one on Sunday. So you guys are going to get double dipped on um, what's Monday. So you guys will have two to listen to, which would be sweet. But yeah, Eric, really, really fascinating here, my man. Um, we get the New Republic prison, which I actually liked a lot. And, and we see that Mando's actually more leans more heavily towards the Old Republic, right? he makes a comment when they show it's an old Republic ship and he's like, well, that's, or that's the new Republic. Sorry. And they basically shrug it off and he's like, Hmm, I don't know. So with the actual new Republic themselves, I am, which I love this idea that they are kind of incompetent on their prisons. It turns out running a, I mean, imagine, let's take a look at America, right? So I'm a history. I love history. Can talk about it nonstop. America's founding was incredibly difficult. So imagine now taking a galaxy and trying to implement democracy after years of, quite frankly, the empire. I mean, at this point, Palpatine's been in power since the very, like, Revenge of the Sith. Or, um, Revenge of the Sith, sorry. Palpatine has been a chancellor, okay, since the end of Phantom Menace. So let's just say Anakin's supposed to be nine in that. And in canon, he die, He's it's around 50 years. He'd be about 50 years old now in The Mandalorian, okay? So it's been over 40 years of Palpatine ruling. So there's entire generations born that are under Palpatine rule, okay? I, I would suspect a lot of people are not very happy with the Rebellion winning. I mean, Tories in America were very upset when America won because they supported England. Well, you had, I mean, if we're going to use American history, the fact that uh, our currency was worthless, uh, that they considered yes. like, things like that. We didn't yes. have the manpower to run, to run a nation. Yes. Well, when, uh, you know, when the, when the empire was defeated and, Palpatine was done for and Darth Vader has died. Well, in steps the vacuum of the New Republic. And uh, it's like, imagine trying to lead a country and you've got 10, you know, little, uh, I don't know, 10 new graduates from university who are just learning what it's like to run a government. It's only natural that they're going to mess up a lot along the way. Very much. And not have things laid out well. I want to compare that. So just to give you an idea, and I actually didn't know this, a friend of a friend basically loves Star Wars, basically read every Star Wars book there was, okay? And is so entrenched in the EU, they actually said that Palpatine built the Death Star, not for rebels, okay? The Death Star was actually built because there's an alien race that he foresaw with the Force that was going to come and invade. That's why he builds the Navy up so much. So about 10, 15 years after the Empire falls, we see actually apparently like there's a whole books trilogy or maybe it's more than that, it doesn't matter, of this alien race coming in 
and invading and the Republic is woefully unprepared. And it shows Palpatine was terrible, but he may have actually been a necessary evil. Uh, so it's, it's very interesting that you say, yeah, like America's currency was trash. So now not only are you figuring out, you have to figure out everything, everything. And even in this show, we get uh, Calamari Flan is in there. We get Imperial credits, which are worthless, New Republic credits. So yeah. But on top of that, we get X-Wings are back. So we're done philosophically discussing everything. But X-Wings yes. are here. Love X-Wings. So exciting. Right? Uh-huh. And then not only do we get these X-Wings, right? But we actually get to see them in action, which I think is really cool. Yeah. We get to see how they operate and say, ooh, how are they? Yeah. How do they interact? How do they go about? And you're like, you know, a little, the, the part of me that saw a new hope for the first time was like, oh, was so excited. And, you know, the, my little nostalgia moment for the episode was hit. But then you wonder, wait a sec, they just kill with the a tracking beacon is pressed and they just go and kill without asking? Is, is this the way the New Republic is going? You wonder who's, who's running this. Speaking of who's running this, let's actually talk about that really quickly. So, the three pilots that we see, uh, I don't have the names pulled up, I apologize, but in real life, the head one, I think his name is like Trapper Wolf, is Dave Filoni, and Dave Filoni is actually a huge Star Wars guy, He so much so that he actually was entrenched with George Lucas, kind of a George Lucas Padawan, so he was essentially a showrunner for um, Star Wars Rebels and for Star Wars The Clone Wars animated series. And he most recently directed episode five of The Mandalorian. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then we, the other two people in there are interesting as well. Eric, you want to kind of jump into them? Yeah, so the other two, so you have Trapper Wolf is the first. And then the other one of them is Jib Dodger, who's played by uh, Rick Famuyiwa. And he's one of the directors of episode six. Uh, and then you also have uh, Sash Ketter, who's played by Deborah Chow. And surprise, surprise, is the other director of episode six. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. She directed episode four, four three. I take that back. Three? Yeah. It's okay. She three. directed episode three, and then Rick, I think, directed episode six. Doesn't matter. Yes, right? yes, that's right. All good. Point is, yes. we have three directors going in and attacking this ship. And by the way, where's my boy, Director Krennic? That's what I want to Krennic! Know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cool, man. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, I think that's basically everything we have right now. We usually end with winners and losers. So, on this episode, Eric, who would you like to list as your winner or loser? You can start first. Well, uh, it's pretty easy to say winners and losers. Baby Yoda and Mando, they win again. They live to, you know, they... (laughs) They live to, you know, to fight another day, and the losers would be, uh, I'm going to, well, you have to go with Ran and Quinn because the ship gets blown up, as opposed to the other losers who get captured because they're still alive. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, all right, so I'm going to switch it up here. My winners are going to be... You know, I don't want to get too like in the weeds here, but so my loser is actually big picture narrative arc. We don't have one anymore. 
or if we have one, like we don't know who the client is. We don't know where these stormtroopers came from. It felt very much like we're going to draw them in with this for three episodes and then just do what we want, uh, which kind of stinks. But um, winner, I'm going to say visual effects for a TV show because they are really sick. I mean, for Star Wars, like for TV show, this is kind of Game of Thrones level, in my opinion. Hyperspace is awesome. I mean, the whole shootout, like where the whole scene where he's basically jumping around everywhere and coming out of caves, like the droids are sick. All of it's really cool. So I love the expanded Uh Star Wars universe. We're just getting more and more and more. Uh I will also give a win for droid creativity. Ooh, good. Nice. So. So. Overall. Which makes it all the more hilarious because Mando hates droids. <laughs> so true. On a scale of 1 to 10, what would you give this episode just by itself? 8.5. Yeah, I was going to say 8. So, perfect. Perfect. But I was going to say 6. I always say that you have about 1.5 points where you should know somebody fundamentally thinks different of, like, of everything. So yes. if you looked at me and were like 10, I'd be like, mm, mm, 10 or 6, you know? Anyway, so I give it an 8. That was really good. And uh, yeah, nothing to really complain about. Next episode, hopefully we get Giancarlo Esposito, who is going to be in this, a.k.a. Gus Fring. Um, but yeah, man. Yes. Anything else you want to add on i i'd actually i'll say something i want to thank you for joining this episode because this was a long time coming and i absolutely love having you on here and it, it means uh it means a lot that after all this time we're still grinding out here so it's been almost a year since you were on last time or for the first That's time right. sorry yes so, glad we got to do it again hopefully many more yeah as they keep popping out star wars and, and there's so much Disney content there's gonna be lord of the rings coming out from amazon probably in the next year so We've got we've got a lot, man. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, guys, keep following us. Make sure to rate and review. I think that's everything I've got right now. But yeah, if you guys have any suggestions, let us know. I'd like to do a mailbag episode after all the Star Wars content, so post Rise of Skywalker, because I think a mailbag episode would be fun. So guys, just uh, send us an email, or honestly, you don't have to send us an email. Just DM us on something, or just shoot me a text if you're just a family member. That's cool too. Uh, but yeah, just to kind of do some silly stuff, like for example. Uh, if I got like who on UVA's basketball team, all right, so here you go, Eric, somebody name, put UVA's 2019 basketball team into the star Wars universe, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So, uh, if, in case you don't know, you have to start off for all you fans out there. Start with mama D mama D. Uh, you got to put, you figure out who's the Mandalorian. So, uh, I got you ready. I got all of a sudden, bam, I've got them all. So Boba Fett is Ty Jerome because he's a stone cold killer. Uh, Luke Skywalker, a one hundred percent is Kyle Guy. All right, Mamadi uh, is Han Solo because he comes in at the last second to save the day. Um, DeAndre Hunter is kind of a tough one. He, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him Yoda. All right, you don't know what he can do until you see what he can do. And then yeah. Jack Salt is Chewbacca. I would put, and for going back a little bit, I would put Justin Anderson as Mace Windu. Dude, yeah. Great. Comes in hard and fat, and then we lose him. Just <laughs> when we think we've seen this awesome character, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> That's sick. Uh, but yeah, so questions kind of like that. You can just make them fun, goofy, or, you know, why do you guys like Star Wars so much? It can be very simple, you yeah? know? 
if you have to have a marry one, kill one, kiss one, who would it be between C-3PO, R2-D2, and BB-8? Stuff like that. So. You want a voiceover? You got it. You got, got it. it covered. Got it. Do your best Chewbacca impression. So, thank you guys. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> Eric, we're going to have to – I might have to cut you in the very beginning and do that. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Until next time, uh, basically, we're going to have Force Awakens come out uh, same day here, Monday. Really excited. Going to be awesome. And thank you guys for listening.